You wanted the best online sports book? That's easy. It's mybookie.ag. They got the easiest website layout, the best odds, amazing customer service, and payouts in only two business days. Check out mybookie.ag for yourself and then sign up using promo code WCE50 for a 50% deposit bonus. That's mybookie.ag, promo code WCE50. I'm Gary Seegers. Catch me on Twitter at GaryWCE. And I'm Chris Giannini. Follow me at ChrisBGiannini. And this is the Winning Cures Everything podcast from winningcureseverything.com. Before we get started, please subscribe to the podcast, share it, and review it. We cannot stress how important those reviews are for iTunes rankings, so help us out. Those of us who love this sport live for nights like this. You are looking live at the Georgia Dome in Atlanta. It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. 40. 40 years. How about that? So here is fourth down. Can you believe it? It's picked up by Michigan State's Jalen Watts Jackson, and he scores on the last play of the game. Are you kidding me? Honey Badger don't care. This is Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, Winning Cures Everything, number 172. It is the Thursday, November 30th edition of the show. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. Doing it together again tonight. Yes, sir. We don't have to call on the phone. No, finally. So, we are recording on Wednesday night. This is the uh, the 29th. Uh, we're going to try and make it fast. This is the Get That Money podcast, but there is so much going on, we've got to talk about some of this other stuff right now. We'll cover a little bit of news. So, first off, Joe Moorhead, Penn State offensive coordinator, is headed to Mississippi State as the head coach. I love the slogan already, More Cowbell, M-O-O-R Cowbell. What do you think other fraternities are going to do with the Moorhead? Oh, I, I'm sure they are that, absolutely that, going like to. Other SEC schools are going to have a lot of fun with this. They are going to obliterate that. Yeah, it's it's going to be, awesome. be ridiculous. Um, apparently, Mississippi State offered the job to Jeremy Pruitt. He is waiting to see what happens at Florida State because the Jimbo Fisher to Texas A&M stuff is legit. That is a real thing. So it, it's not just a, a talk like it has been at LSU for the last couple of years. It is for real. Well, Jimbo I think, wants I think, out. I think a lot of this is for real. I think Jimbo, I think there's a lot of buyer of remorse for not taking the LSU job last year when he had the chance. Yes, I agree with that 100%. I think he saw an opportunity where he could have gone there. He loves it there. And um, there, there are guys, now these are former LSU players that are in the media and they played under Jimbo, but, but they will tell you that, you know, he loves Baton Rouge and he loves recruiting in Louisiana way better than Texas. He's going yeah. to learn some ties in Texas. Oh yeah. And, and he has serious buyer's remorse. I will tell you this. LSU was never going to pay him $8 million a year. No, no. And that's what I A&M is. I don't know that he, in hindsight, I think he would have taken six and a half, seven, and been but would just LSU as happy. have been willing to pay that? Yeah, I think they would have came. Oh, they were close to six with less. So I don't. I don't yeah, know. Probably so. I don't know that you're nickel and dominant. You, at some you point. just you you just wonder. See, I don't know what Jimbo's buyout is well, for leaving Florida State. Well, okay, now that we do have to figure out. Yeah, because right. Well, we do know what it is. It's forty. Well, no, it was forty if, if they fire him. Well, yeah. Like it's same with Nick Saban. If Nick Saban wants to leave, yeah, he doesn't have to pay Alabama a dime. He can, he can walk away. But if Alabama decides to fire him for no reason. 
they owe him like $25 million. Or because he just starts sucking. Not for no reason. Well, yeah. They're not going to fire him for no reason. It, I mean, if he starts it, hey, if he starts losing two, three games a year, it's done. <laughs> he goes a decade and loses to Auburn like uh, everybody else did. Yeah, I know, right? It'd be tough. Just ridiculous. All right, so you, you had some interesting thoughts on Mississippi State. Um, tell me, I mean, what did you think of the hire? Okay. What so I, first off, first off, this is Mississippi different. State fans ask us these questions, right? Yes. They, what do you think of the hire? And I, I had multiple people reach out to me. What do you think of the hire? The the hire is a good hire. Joe Moorhead seems to be a good coach. He is going to have to learn recruiting. Everyone assumes that you can just walk in and do that. He has never been a recruiter for Franklin or, or any of the other programs that he's been a part of. He's always hired people out for that. However, he has been extremely successful everywhere that he has gone. That's right. No, no. So that's that's not no, saying no. this is going to be a bad well, hire. Well, that's why I said it was a good hire. I mean, if he was a failure everywhere, then it would have been a terrible hire. Exactly. So, so it's a good hire, and he's also never really recruited down here in the South. He's got to learn to do that. Okay. My response when asked about this is simple this. I know that Neil Brown from Troy was on their list. I do not understand why you have a list of people that you are going to be considering for this job. Why you do not wait and interview all of them and then make a selection. They interviewed Jeremy Pruitt from Alabama, offered him the job. He said no, turned it down for whatever reason. Then they interviewed uh, Moorhead offered him the job and i just feel like i don't think pruitt necessarily turned it down he's he's waiting for florida that's right that's right he didn't accept it and and so i i just don't understand the i'm going to interview a guy and then offer him the job let's interview the three or four people that you have on your list and then offer the guy that you want the most the job if he turns it down you offer it to your next candidate so on and so forth this rush we talked about this yesterday I think athletic directors are going to make mistakes in hiring. Not saying that Moorhead is a mistake, but as soon as I give any kind of question as to why I don't like the process, I and this is a lot of me being biased, I like Neil Brown. I think Neil Brown is a hell of a coach at Troy, and I think you should have sat down with him face-to-face and got an interview or gotten word from his agent he's not interested in the job. I could not imagine him saying, I'm not interested in an SEC West job. I'm sure that he would say that he personally did not want to sit down until after the season. After the season. Because Troy plays at Arkansas State this week. Correct. So, And if you can't wait five days, then that means you're rushing to make a decision. So let this is the scenario I played out for these individuals. Let's say Moorhead is a bust. He can't recruit. You know, he, he struggles with getting talent there. He struggles winning there for whatever reason. And Neil Brown ends up at another school, and he is a home run hire, and he is a stud. You have to look at that athletic director and say, because of five days, you couldn't wait five days to sit and talk to this guy. You made a mistake in hiring someone. Not yeah. saying it's going to happen, but it is a possibility. And to act that is not and rush into a four-year deal, five-year deal that he's going to end up signing, Yeah, you're making a four- and five-year commitment because of five days? I just think that's foolish. When I give that part of the opinion, I get crushed. So... It, I, don't I do understand where you're coming from. I think Moorhead will be good. I think, he, I think he's going to be good. Like if, if you are a superstar, it doesn't matter where you go. You'll figure it out when you get there. Correct. Like that's Andy Enfield, who was at Florida Gulf Coast. He went to USC. Superstar. He's, James Franklin. Yep. Yeah. Oh. James Franklin comes down to Vanderbilt. He had not been involved in the SEC, but he figured it out. Yep. Yeah. 
and he figured it out quick. Well, and then, and then he goes up to Penn State, and he uh, granted he had been at Maryland. That's right. But he knew what he was. He knew what he was doing well enough, and he figured things out when he got there. We have to figure out because we know Franklin is a star. How much of Moorhead's success at Penn State is because of Franklin? And and, and see, that's the thing. So when the, Moorhead the, was at Fordham uh, as a head right. coach, he he, he went was what. 12 and 2, that's right. no, 11 no. and 3, no, he did, he 9 did, he and did 3. He did excellent on his own. Made the playoffs all three years. No, he was great. Absolutely. But it's, you got to give some credit to a guy that will absolutely bet on himself I'll, because every he, time. he left Fordham as a head coach to go and be on the staff. He was at UConn with, uh, with Randy Edsel, mm-hmm. was not carried to Maryland with Edsel, although he did really well at UConn. So then he goes to Fordham. He's a head coach. Then he goes to Penn State and. That, you know that all came up because Penn State practiced at Fordham's Field like over a, a certain amount of time, huh. and I don't even remember what the circumstance was, but that's how Franklin and Moorhead became friends. Franklin offered him the job. Moorhead left a head coaching job, which I would imagine did not pay as much as the offensive coordinator at Penn State. Correct. But still, you you leave a head coaching job to go be an offensive coordinator. If you tank, it is that's it. That's it. That's it. So, And he bet on himself. To go do that. Seems like a home run hire. Yeah. And and here's the thing I do like about this. You and I have had this conversation. <clears throat> the the viciousness of the the relationship between Ole Miss and Mississippi State has gotten so bad. And that was Dan Mullen's fault. We've got several friends that are state fans that all are kind of glad to see Dan leave because they will tell you the hatred got too much. And, and as long as they can replace him with somebody that can keep winning, they are happy with somebody else doing it and maybe easing some of these ties between our, our in-state rival. One thing that is going to benefit him a lot is there is a lot of talent that comes out of the state of Mississippi. Now, it's yes. not Louisiana. It's not Florida. It's not um, – But there know, is talent that you but, can but win with. It is talent. And if Ole Miss gets crushed, which I can't believe we still haven't heard anything from the COI yet, which how weird is it that? Is, it, it is, is Wednesday. Wednesday. It is Wednesday, and we thought we would definitely hear something by Monday or Tuesday. It, it's been eleven weeks and one day. Yeah, so, it, I would imagine we will hear tomorrow. But I mean, my I don't know. You don't know. Well, so if if Ole Miss gets crushed, this is a great opportunity for a guy trying to figure out some recruiting things to be able to dominate and own his state. That's yeah. a big deal. Oh, so yeah. that that could be a huge. And then he's got it. We've already talked about this before ton of talent coming back at Mississippi State. Oh, Lord, yes. 18 starters coming back from an eight-win team that, that probably should have been nine wins had Nick Fitzgerald not you know, not gotten hurt in the Ole Miss game. Uh, let's talk for a minute about the Tennessee coaching search, and then we'll get into the uh, – then we'll get into our picks. What is I, – I can't even put together words to discuss how much of a dumpster fire this has been. They have known since the Georgia game that Butch Jones was going to be out. To not have anybody put together on a list and to not be able to keep the vultures out from spreading misinformation and whatnot, because I feel like some of the information that comes out is true. Some of it is going to be false. What has gone down so far is they offered... So, apparently, we don't know for sure if they went to John Gruden or not. Either way, Gruden didn't want the job. Everybody in the free world could have seen that coming. You go from that to Greg Schiano, which is one of the Haslam's buddies. You go from Has or from Schiano to uh, David Cutcliffe, who turned it down immediately. You go from Cutcliffe 
to uh, Jeff Brom. Nope, well, I mentioned no, Mike to, Gundy. To Gundy. Mike Gundy. And Mike Gundy, of course, was going to turn it down. Yep. But it, And I will say this. They did go in offering $7 million a year. No. You and I talked about this last night. Yeah. But he, he, he was always going to use this as a – I think – He's going to never leave Oklahoma State. I agree. And and I think he's going to use all these coaching hires that come after him as ways to get raises. So he used that for, he did. for a raise. Which he did. So from that, they jump into Jeff Brom. Jeff Brom. And then you've got all the misinformation, right? Oh, Jeff Brom and Tennessee have reached an agreement. Yeah. Not true because the Purdue's guys and Brom's guys and everybody said, whoa, 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 whoa. Like yep. we, no, they called. We hadn't said anything yet. Yeah. And because of how things have been leaking, Brom almost immediately said, you know what? I'm good where I'm at. Well, I don't need to worry I, with this. I will tell you, I don't think the Brom thing's over with. I don't think he's over with. I think he's holding. I think he's using this as negotiation. I think he has all the leverage in the world, and he's trying to get more. Well, he, here's the other part. Because you know, as much as a dumpster fire as Tennessee is, he knows. They're going to have to overpay. He'll never be able to do what he wants to do at Purdue, what he can do in Knoxville. Agreed. As, as much as they are a, a, a joke right now, but at the same time, they're you, still better than Lafayette. Do you want to go work for that administration right now? I don't. Know I don't that, know that anybody does. But, but here's the thing: I don't know that he would be. I think we would have. I tell you this all the time: I, not everybody Saban can walk in the door. I think the coach that walks into Tennessee has power over the people, and I, I think this would be one of those situations where he tells the athletic director what to do. I think. Yeah. I think we have a coach. So if you are one of those coaches that wants full control, this might not be a bad job because you know these people want me more than they want you, and I get to do what I it, want. It depends on if all of the boosters are on board with, with whatever the hire. The hire is. Well, but you're not going to get all the boosters. You just need most of them. Yeah. Okay. You you don't need all these little little guys. Nobody cares about. You need to make sure Haslam and 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 some of the big time Hainsworth, your famous alum. Peyton, all these guys, they need to sign off on it. Yeah. But those are the only guys that need to sign off on it. So the deal right now is they have moved off of Brom, and they are now focusing on Dave Doran at NC State. Now, that's interesting because the NC State stuff that's come out today is that they are having trouble with contract extension negotiations. So NC State is basically saying, look, we think you're worth this much. I'm not going over that. If you can go find a better job, sick them. Well, and, and Tennessee's going to pay him more. Whatever that situation is, Tennessee's going to pay more than that. Is, is Dave Doran a good enough coach for that job, you think? I think ten, Yeah, I think ten, I think Dave Doran's a good coach. I think it's Slim Pickens right now. A good job. I'm going to tell you this. they are. This fan base is going to rue the day that they ran Shiano out. I believe that. I, I absolutely believe that. I don't think that Shiano was going to be a good fit there anyway. Oh, I do. But because I've heard so many coach. stories about him. And it, it it's it's one thing if you're Nick Saban and you treat people like crap, but I don't think that Shiano won enough and I understand what he did at Rutgers, but you have to be a a bona fide superstar to be able to treat people the way that, that the reports have come out that he treats people. And I, I don't know everything about Shiano. But I, I want to know. I want, I want to know what people are saying about him treating people badly because the media actually like him a lot. Like he's people say that he's unfairly like the media likes him unfairly. Like they want him to get a big boy job. The, the media in Tampa Bay did not like him, and the media in Rutgers did not like. There's a reason why he had to go coach at a preparatory school. 
for two years after he got out of the NFL. Normally, if you get out of the NFL, you can come straight back into college. There's got to be something else that went on for him to go coach at a freaking prep school. I don't know. You know, I'm, like I'm, you got to admit that's weird, right? I, I think it's strange. I think he should have been able to get a better job than that, unless he just didn't want one. But, like at D- Division Two yeah. or or something. I mean, Bo Pelini went to coach at Youngstown State. Well, but Bo Pelini went home. Uh, agreed, but, but that's but, like if if that was a preparatory school there, like he'd have went there. He's he was going home. He was going home. So uh, I don't I don't know where this school was. Is that the school that Shiano went to? I I don't I don't know anything about this stuff. I know this. I think Jer- I think Shiano's a good coach. I think he's a really good coach. I think Tennessee did the one of the dirtiest things that you can ever do, which is you made up a pretty heinous accusation about a guy with I don't the that, look, flimsy of flimsy evidence. Look, and I'll, you I'll tell totally you this: it's not put him on blast. It is. It's the fact that he he was named at all. That that thing came out last year. Yeah. If that was not true. I understand he denied it. I understand Tom Bradley denied it. I got that. Everybody but, denied it. But if that is not true, if if none of that happened, he needs to sue Mike McQuarrie. Like that is that but is Mike absolute McQu- defamation. Here's the problem, Mike McQuarrie. No, he can't sue Mike McQuarrie because Mike McQuarrie said use words like "I think I heard this from somebody else." So now Mike McQuarrie's off the hook because. He's he's openly admitting he's unsure about what he heard. So you can't sue Mike McQuarrie because Mike McQuarrie didn't say, "I know for a fact this happened," and he's liable. See, it it the whole thing sucks for Shiano because I don't believe that he knew anything about that. No, it, I don't believe that that actually happened. No, no. but but to have your name associated with it, to have it in the Washington Post, right. huge news stories about it that just came out last year. Yeah. I understand that everybody vetted him at Ohio State. Yeah. I got that. But it, how much faith do you really have in Urban Meyer with the the no? But bunch it, that he was it's, running it, it's Florida. But it's irrelevant on that. This this guy was not a part of that. If he everybody that was a part of that has been taken down. Yeah. And, the fact and, of the matter is Tennessee did not want him because That's they right. didn't think he was good and enough to coach used, their team. And they used a really 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 dirty crappy thing to try and make him not their coach. Well, Pat Forty brought up a very interesting thing because when they were going to get Mike Gundy, yep. Tennessee fans were fired up. Yep. But Loved Gundy him. Gundy played a kid a few years ago that had been caught having sex with a twelve year old. And nobody said anything about that. Yep. You know, it, like it it just it, the fact of the matter is, if it was Nick Saban or John Gruden, they would have been fine. They would have said, Oh, that's all hearsay, none of it's true. But the fact that it was a coach they did not want, they were using anything they could to get their way. And shame on the administration for letting them bully them around. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Come, come if you are comfortable Sunday, with no, what you got, then you, you go in and you, you come tell out, them you come this out is Sunday, what happened. It. You come out Sunday night and you paint that or, that that rock orange again and you set highway patrolmen up and anybody tries to change it or put something like that on there, they, they're arrested on the spot and you take you, you make a hard stand that this is inaccurate information. You stand by your guy. You stand by your hire, and and you just you just let that guy be your dude. Yeah, I agree. Didn't do it. I agree. Weak, weak men. The uh, the Brom stuff. There's so many rumors that are going around about it. Brom came out and said that no, like it's 
premature. Yeah, it's not super done early. He didn't. He didn't say yeah, no. He didn't say no. He, he said just, it's early. But then Clay Travis came out and said that what he had been told, and he does have people that are that are in that university administration. At, think about it. He wrote the book oh, on Rocky Top. He was fine. involved with the coaching search there. He understands. He's, he's the also part of the mob. In, in, Agreed. In, I understand. In part that. Of the problem. I, I got that. I'm not. I'm not disputing that whatsoever. But he came out and said that he had been told today that Curry had a deal set up for Jeff Brom, and he brought the M O W or M O whatever it is yeah. back to the chancellor, and she would not agree to sign it for the amount of money that he was wanting to give Jeff Brom. She didn't want to spend that much money on a coach. From there, they took another offer back to Brom and said, whoa, I know we told you this, but Chancellor Ann agreeing to that, we can offer you this. And that's when Brom said, no deal. If that is the case, this is the most messed up administration I have ever heard of doing a coaching search. They have no idea what they're doing. This is... The, see, the reason... I don't know that, that they know what they're doing even without that. Here's the reason that doesn't make any sense to me. Is yes, the chancellor is the person that has to sign this piece of paper because of what it is. But it's not coming out of school funds. Hey, I have... I have... Mr. Haslam's going to cut a check to pay for this. Well, but that's the thing. And, and we the, need... The you, I just need pay, you to sign... I just need you to sign off on it. The base How pay has to come that? from... Yes. And then somebody can donate to that and, and well, it depends and on sure how involved Haslam is in it. If they're trying to get Haslam not as involved anymore, well, but it could have been any of their donors, somebody yeah. else. You, you as an athletic director, come up with the money. That's your job is to come up with the money. Yeah. So you don't take it to the chancellor and have her sign it and say, "I need you to put this in next year's budget." No, you you say, "Hey, we have the money. I need you to sign this." Was what we're offering him, and they don't have any say in yes or no because they didn't get the money. The money's not theirs. It's not for anything else. It's strictly for this. Yeah. So that's why a I think that that report just doesn't make sense. I think I think a lot of Clay is is just pumping this thing up and and trying to make this administration look worse than it is. They don't need your help, man. I they're listened. Gonna, I listened. By the way, up. a little off topic, still on Clay. He talked to uh, Lane Kiffin this morning, and I have never heard a coach say this before. He came out and said that John Curry came to Jimmy Sexton, who is Lane's agent. Well, he's a lot gave, of people's agents, and, but well, yeah, a lot of people's agents. But they they gave him they gave Sexton a list of these are the people that we want to talk to, and Lane said, and I wasn't on the list. He said, so I'm not worried about the Tennessee job or anything else. Like, I'm not worried about it because, yep. like, they didn't want to talk to me. That's fine. I have never heard a coach admit that ever in my life. I thought it was the most refreshing thing to hear somebody actually be honest about it. Yeah. I mean, it's at this point, if Tennessee does not get Dave Doran, they legit might have to go and get T. Martin. I don't know who else they go get. That, did you see the story about Mike Leach today? No. There are people that are interested in Mike Leach at Tennessee, and the administration will not hire him because of what I told you about. No, yeah, you know, the, a few the weeks lawsuits ago. Lawsuits and all this. Other yes, stuff, because yeah. because he filed a lawsuit against Texas Tech. Texas Tech, the state of Texas. So yeah, the whole thing is just ridiculous. The Dave Doran thing. If they don't get Dave Doran, I mean, my how well, far the has this thing's thing not fallen? dead? I don't think the Braun thing is dead. I don't think it's dead either. But I, I don't know, with all of this information that's been coming out about it, I don't know if you want to be involved with it. 
if you, I don't do you really want to leave Purdue I will after tell you one this. year? I don't think guys like Clay, if they're real fans of their team, I think Clay's a fan of Clay right now. He's not a Vols fan. He's doing what's best for him. Because if he really wanted what was best for Tennessee, he would not be bringing this much scrutiny down on them publicly. I, I do if agree. He has the power to get one-on-one meetings. Oh, he's yeah. not doing it one-on-one. He's doing it for content. And, yeah, I can and believe that, that. And that says he's doing it for Clay, not for the good of Vols Nation. I love LSU. And if we became the biggest radio show in the history of the world, I would not publicly put my school on blast like this because it does not help them. Now, I would use my power and influence to get one-on-one sit-down meetings, and I would you know, bend people the way I need to bend them to get what I want. Well, it, here's the thing. If they're but not willing to sit down with him, then... then but, but they're not willing to sit down with him because nobody in that building takes him seriously. Agreed. He he is morning jock rock. That's all That's all he is. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a shock jock for yeah. sure. Um, and I don't blame him for not taking a meeting with him, but it, it, for him, this, this is a bad move on his part. Correct. If he wants good things for the university. That's because why it, I don't think he cares him, at all about it. His inciting the the mobs and everything else like I understand he was he didn't want Greg Schiano mm-hmm. um, and I don't believe that he was the only one that didn't want Greg Schiano but it, the way that he's going about this is definitely not the way that I would do it yep. not the way I would do it whatsoever all right so let's uh it, here I got a, a quick fact for you okay interesting tidbit of information there have been ten SEC teams that have changed coaches since Alabama was last ranked outside the top four in the college football playoff. Do you know that? No. Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss, Missouri, Mississippi State, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas A&M. How insane. It was 2014, the last time that Alabama was not in the top four when the college football playoff rolled around. Is that insane to you? I mean, yeah, we've had a lot of coaching changes in the SEC. We know that. We've talked about that. We'll probably have some more. That's right. It, 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 this whole Arkansas thing, the fact that Arkansas is not done yet, they are waiting to see what happens in the SEC championship game to see what happens with Gus Malzahn. They're not getting Gus. I, I agree. I think the Mike Norvell thing is real. I think they're going to get Mike Norvell. But, hey, guess they do, what, they do guess have to what wait. I like. I don't know who's making the decisions at Arkansas. I, think they're <laughs> I don't pieces, think Arkansas knows. Who's I think they're pieces the of crap for how they got rid of my boy Brett. But I'm going to tell you this. They're not rushing. No. Hey, the two guys we want are still playing. That's a good thing, not a bad thing. Let's wait for them to finish playing before we go talk to them. How about that? The the three guys. The three guys that they want because uh, Brent Venables is also. That's right. What a novel concept. We we let them finish their damn season. Yeah. It's a little weird. Because I want guys that are winners. I agree with that. If you're done playing now, I don't want you. All right, th- we have gone 25 minutes into this thing this already. Because you got to get out. So let's uh, let's go ahead and jump into the. Uh, do we want to do biggest games first? No, game. Oh wait, picks. no, that's we're it's, doing it's that get, for tomorrow's podcast. Get that money Friday. All right, Thursday. get that money. Get <laughs> that freaking money. Let's do this thing. All right, I'm gonna go on and knock out mine first. We're doing college. College football first. Okay. Friday night, Stanford and USC. Okay. Playing in Levi's Stadium, 7 p.m. Friday night. I'm gonna take USC minus four. Love that pick. That's I. I think that so many people are on the Stanford bandwagon right now. Mm-mm. You don't think they are? Oh, they're wrong if they are. But that's that's what I'm saying. That's uh, USC. I get that they have not been fantastic, 
But the matchup that we saw earlier this year is still the same matchup. They absolutely dominated, and USC has gotten back pretty healthy. That's right. They are playing better. I love them in this spot. Four points. I'd, I'd feel a lot better if it was three. Don't I don't care. But I, I think I, they I think I they think, win by double digits. I think we're going to see a repeat of what we saw in what week four, week three, two. week four. Yeah, we, we do. Okay, it was, yep. Yeah, we do. So like that pick. All right, my first one. Going against the heart here, but I'm going with the guy. So I have had a hell of a year betting. Yes, yes, you have. And and I, I did. Wait, wait, I did let's go on and give out the numbers. Okay, you're 34, 27, and three in college. I'm 32, 30, and three in college. You are 21 and 15 in the NFL. I'm 19, 15, and two in the NFL. That is a total of you, my friend, are 55, 42, and three. You're 13 games above 500. I am 51, 45, and five. Had a, have had a very good season. And I did what you did last year, which is I picked a couple of teams and I wrote them. Yes. I wrote them. And my first pick, UCF, Central Florida, at home against our Memphis Tigers. Brother, they're laying seven. I don't know that it matters. This team has smoked everybody. I'm pretty sure they have covered every week but three. They did not cover last week. That last week is one of the three. So that means they've played 12 games so far. You bet them you're 9-3 and three against the spread. Well, 8-3. and three. Eight. They've only played 11 games. Okay, that's so, right. Because they, they had the Georgia Tech game that got canceled. Got canceled. But you're 8-3 you're and three against the spread. It's not bad. Not bad at all. It's not bad at all. Not, not one of my five picks, because we don't usually do over-unders as our picks. But I'm going to tell you this. Take the over in this game right now. It's 82. It could go up to 83, 84. It does not matter. The Memphis Tigers game. All right, so has, are, are you taking the over or are you taking, taking the UCF minus oh, I'm taking UCF minus seven as my pick. Bonus. This bonus pick. Bonus okay, pick for okay, you. okay. Free money here. This is You didn't even have to pay for this one. <laughs> the, take the over. The Memphis Tigers have been over nine games this year. And one of those games was played in a monsoon, still went over. I like it. They, they have no defense. The winner of this game will score at least 50. The other team will score at least 40. I like that. Anyway. Game number two for me, and I know that you hate when I don't bet on these big games. It's a man, big game weekend. You got little games on the schedule. Fresno State plus eight and a half at Boise State. Now, listen to how ridiculous this is. Okay. Fresno State beats Boise State last week at home, 28 to 17. They have identical records in the Mountain West. Fresno State has the head-to-head. Fresno State has the better record. Fresno State has the higher ranking. And they flipped a coin to see where the game was going to be. In Boise. And it's in Boise. It's on the Smurf turf. That's right. Boise State, after getting beat by 11 at Fresno State, they came out and made them an eight-and-a-half-point favorite against Fresno. That something fishy. That's it. Look, there's something I don't, fishy. I don't care what's fishy here. Fresno State plus eight and a half is my play. Good luck. Jeff Tedford has got this thing rolling. <laughs> Fresno State's gonna rock this. You thing. just need Fresno State to keep winning and help Alabama. It, man, good. not they beat they beat Boise by eleven last week and and dominated the football game. <laughs> dominated the game. My next pick is uh, another rematch that we've already seen. I got Auburn minus two and a half. Now, do you feel comfortable with that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What, I mean, what do you think about Carrion Johnson? I, all right, now, I think that hurts him. Here's what I think, though. I don't think Georgia's offensive line is going to be able to do anything. I don't think they're going to be able to run the football, and I don't think they're going to be able to pass the football. 
I think this is going to be one of those lower scoring games that Auburn's had. This is probably a pretty smart play. The SEC in the SEC championship game, we've had seven rematches. The team that won the first game is seven, or no, sorry, six and six one. Six and one, yes, against the rematch. But this comes down to X's and O's. I went into this saying, if Johnson doesn't play, I'm not taking Auburn. I'm just going to stay away from it. And, the and instead, more I, you're betting on Kevin Steele. The more I looked at the matchup, this this is an Auburn defense against a Georgia offense thing to me. I, I think Georgia is going to have a really difficult time scoring. If it comes down to field goals in this game, which sometimes these games do, I am going to, to war with Auburn's kicker who can stiff it by 55 easy. Now, you're right about that. So He's a hell of a kicker. I, I, I am I'm very much in play of Auburn right now. I like that. I like that. All right, my third game, North Texas at Florida Atlantic. The Conference USA Championship game. Florida Atlantic is an 11-point favorite. That is down from 11 and a half. People are all over North Texas. I watched this game. It's a rematch of what happened earlier in the year. Look, Florida Atlantic beat these dudes 69-38 to the last time they played. The game is in Boca Raton. You know that Lane Kiffin has got these boys fired up. They have got – they don't stop scoring. They don't quit. And they ain't going to quit this go-round. North Texas, that's a good football team. But they ain't good enough to keep it within 11 here. I like Florida Atlantic. I think they probably win this by three touchdowns. Wow. It's pretty big. Yeah. My next one, I'm going to the ACC championship game. And I am taking all nine and a half points from Miami. All right, now tell me why you like that. Uh, Championship game, too many points. That's it. That's that's the only reason I can give you. I think Clemson is the better team. Miami has a lot of injuries on the offensive side of the ball. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game, but I, I, I just think 10 points is too much. I can understand that. And it wouldn't shock me with all the injuries if this number goes up. Yeah, and, and the more it goes up, the more you're probably going to jump on it. That's right. I can understand that. I can understand it. Too many All points. Right. My next game, number four, I'm finally going with some of these big games. Okay. Wisconsin plus six and a half against Ohio State. Now, normally I would not touch this because we don't know what's going on with JT Barrett. But I don't think it matters. I think Wisconsin's defense is for real. I don't know that Wisconsin wins this game. I know that they will keep it low scoring. I know that it will be a tight football game. I'm looking at a field goal either way. I like Wisconsin here. I like, I like Wisconsin, Wisconsin plus six and a half. That'll be my next pick. We have the next two games the very same. Um, I like Wisconsin as well. I think Wisconsin's a live dog to win this game. I think they can win it. I think they will win it. I will be having money line points, m- money on the money line in this game. I don't know that I care if JT Barrett plays or not. JT Barrett has never won a big championship game. Eh. Nope. Oh, you're right. I'm nope. You're entirely right. Never won a championship or playoff game. You were entirely right. He's looked really bad in those spots. Correct. My God, they might be better if he doesn't play. <laughs> I don't care if he does. Doesn't matter to me. I think Wisconsin uh, with, with him, wins this game. With him out of the game last week, they finally turned it up a little bit on, on Michigan. That's right. They were not so. able to move the football on them at all. They put the other kid in, the freshman, and they drove like a 60-yard drive for a touchdown. Yeah. And that ended up being the difference maker. Yeah. 
Interesting. All right, so the last game, uh, what we've got the same thing here. Got the same game last game. TCU plus seven against Oklahoma. This one's in Jerry World. I love TCU here. I don't have any particular reason why other than look, Gary Patterson That's is it. mad. That's He is mad is at Baker Mayfield. He's mad at Lincoln Riley. He was telling a story. So he, he sent stuff over to um, over to the Big 12 office. And he was irritated at how things went down at the beginning of the last game that they played. And what happened is they used to do this at Texas Tech. And I think Lincoln Riley is the one that did it. So Texas Tech was playing somebody. And when the other players come out for warm-ups, the quarterbacks throw the football and see who they can hit, like on the opposing team. See who they can hit in the head. They hit a guy that had just gotten back after two weeks from a concussion against TCU this go-round. Like, that's Baker Mayfield that, did that. That sounds like a Baker Mayfield thing to do. Yes. He, he's a pretty big dick. I think that TCU is going to send the dogs yep. after Baker Mayfield. And he hasn't gotten a whole lot of pressure this year, but he ain't at home in this situation. And he's not on the road either. It's just a it's neutral site. You got it evenly split. The game is in Arlington. Very close to TCU. Look, Baker plays well on the road, but neutral site game, championship spot. I like TCU's defense here. They may not win the game. I like them to win the game. They may not win it, but I think they can keep it within seven. What I think I like about this is the Gary Patterson mode of you don't want to play a great coached team twice because the second time they have a substantial advantage on you because they are better coaches than you. Yeah. They know how to make adjustments, and he's had a month to figure out adjustments. Oh, yeah. And you're right. Baker Mayfield is a head, is a complete head case. So I, I'm taking the points, and I'll be taking some money line money on TCU. I like that idea. I like that. <clears throat> All right, let's talk some NFL right quick. So we we got to knock this thing out pretty fast. Let's roll. NFL, first game for me, Redskins minus two at the Cowboys. That game is tonight, Thursday night. It is in Arlington. I don't care that it's in Arlington. I think the Cowboys are complete garbage right now. The line has moved a lot. The Redskins were underdogs by a point and a half. They were one, yeah, they were one and a half point when it opened up. But the difference between the Vegas lines this year is that betters are getting smarter to this for whatever reason. In the NFL, they are figuring these, this whole thing out. The Cowboys are bad. They're really bad right now, and that offensive line is garbage, and their running game is garbage. Look, Dak does not have time to throw the football because of that offensive line, and even if the offensive line comes back healthy in this game, once you have happy feet and you've got that internal clock that says, oh, crap, i got to get this ball out now, he doesn't have time to sit back there and wait. I like the Redskins here. I think Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Dak right now. Even with all the injuries that the Redskins have, Cousins seems more calm. He seems more in control of these games. I like Cousins here. I like the Redskins minus two. I like the pick. I like the pick a lot. My first bet, I'm going to go with the Vikings plus three at Atlanta. I think this is the second best team in the NFC. I think they could be the second or third best team in the country. I think they're complete. This offense looks really good. You don't know any of these stars names and, and none of them are 
real stars, but it doesn't matter. Defense, legit, maybe the best defense in the country. Special teams, second to none. Really well-coached team. I think the Vikings are going to win this game. I'm catching three points in Atlanta. I don't know that I care. The only reason that I did not go that route is at some point, I feel like the Vikings are going to lose. At some point. I don't think that Case Keenum can keep this going the way that he is. But at the same time, they got the best defense in, in football right now. And I don't think, aside from the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles. The Eagles defense is pretty good. Um, but I, I, I do, I like that pick. I think that's a good pick. Uh, next game for me, Texans at the Titans. I'm taking the Titans minus six and a half. That seems like a lot of points. I don't care. It's under a touchdown. The Titans are looking for revenge here because the Texans, when they had Deshaun Watson, they had J.J. Watt, they had all that mess going on. They beat the absolute dog crap out of the Titans. Mariota got knocked out of the game, and they just kept laying on points. And when you do that, look, Mike Malarkey's an old cool, like he's an old school dude. He doesn't take kindly to when you run up the score on him. And it's the same thing with these players. They remember that crap. This is a divisional game. Tom Savage is awful. 12 turnovers in the last five games. What, what are they going to turn to? They got nothing else behind it. I have no idea. I'm so, with you. I like the Titans minus six and a half. Here. I, I could never they, they need this game. Tom Savage. They need this game, the Titans do, Oh yeah. to keep up with the Jags. Yep. So, I like the Titans here. My next game, I'm going to New York, and I am taking the Jets at home plus three over the railing, failing, falling, and I cannot get up, Chiefs. Andy Reid and them cannot figure out what's going on. They cannot run the football anymore. The Jets are playing better and better every week, still in these close, hard-fought games. Some of them they win, some of them they lose. They're not getting blown out by anybody. This defense is going to bottle up. The Chiefs. Why Alex would the Chiefs Smith, be favored over anybody right, right now? Right now, I don't know. On the road, I don't know. I could see them being favored at home, but this is what I would have if you would have told me what is this line and they're playing an arrowhead, I would have probably said Chiefs minus three or Chiefs minus four. Something around that line, not much difference. You take this game to to New York? I, there's no way. You play this game in Jersey? No, uh-uh. I think I think the Jets have a chance to win this thing. Yeah, the Jets have had a pretty rough uh, rough go of it here lately. They uh, said so they beat Buffalo a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and then they lose at Tampa fifteen to ten, and then they lose to the Panthers at home thirty five to twenty seven. But in that Panthers game, again, remember another fluky, weird Austin Safarian Jenkins falling into the end zone for a touchdown, not called a touchdown, but everybody that watched the tape said he caught the ball and that's a touchdown. Yeah. It's fluky. It, it, it's it, fluky. It, it, they are right there in every game with a chance to win. And and Josh McCown is look, he's a I, legit quarterback. I he think doesn't he's turn the, the ball over. He's We were talking about Alex Smith as a uh MVP. As a MVP candidate. I think McCown in this game, this Sunday, is the better quarterback in the game. How bananas is that? That's that's crazy. That's bananas. All right, game number three for me, the Lions at the Ravens. I got the Ravens minus two and a half at home. It's under a field goal. I thought about taking the Lions here. <laughs> it's going to be cold up there. The Lions are an indoor team. The Lions can't run the football. Look, the Ravens. 
have had a pretty good run here lately. So they had one game that they were not great in, right? The other the other two games they beat Miami 40 to nothing and they beat Green Bay 23 to nothing, right? And you know, they won on Monday night against a, a crap Texans team. They beat them by 7. The Ravens need this game to stay in playoff contention, and I understand that the Lions need it too, but the Ravens are at home. Give me the Ravens minus two and a half. I love it. All right. I have three games I've been trying to pick from for my last game. One of them is the Skins. I think I'm going to stay off that. You took them. The other one is the Bills. I hate taking against my Pats. I I think I've only done it once in history. But the right play is the Bills this weekend, just an FYI for everybody. I think I'm gonna, extra pick here. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I, no, I'm not, it's not a pick. I'm just telling you what to do. It's, if if you're not emotionally attached and you hate the Patriots like most people do, just this is one of those weeks where you can bet against them and feel good about it. I think I'm gonna go to Seattle, and I think I'm gonna bet against Carson Wentz and this unbelievable Eagles team. This is the scariest really? thing I've done in a long time betting wise. Okay, I who have historically bet against Alabama all the time and Clemson. And Ohio State and I will Oklahoma, say this: it is a big line. I lose line. a lot of money doing it, so I don't look smart ever. But it's but six sometimes points, it hits. man. They're laying six in Seattle. I know that Seattle's got a lot of pride. They've lost two games in a row at home. At some point in time, they're not going to just go winless at home. Man. Well, and the Eagles at some point are going to lose a game, right? Yeah, and I don't know that they get beat up. I don't know that they show any flaws. I don't know that, that any weird stuff happens. This doesn't mean the Eagles aren't the best team in football still. But in the NFL, everybody's got a couple of losses. This ain't college, okay? Yeah. And and I think this is one of those where they're going to go down. It's on Sunday night. I think this no, is No, it's on game. Monday night. Monday night. Yeah. Okay, I knew it was one of the two primetime games. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It is Sunday night. I was going to say, I, I thought this was the NBC game. It is. Thank it God is. I don't have to listen to Gruden. Um, but this is – Eagles the, – the, the Seahawks have to show me something here because they have been awful lately. Yeah. I haven't wanted – I made a comment last week that I'm never putting another dollar on, on the Seahawks again. I'm with you. But the line just got too big. Yeah. yeah. Six-point home dog. I can't do it. Can't do it. All right. That's going to wrap it up. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter, at winningcures. You can follow myself, at GaryWCE. You follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show, that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551 226 9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team, or praise us, or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551-226-9899, and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time, have a good one, guys. Hey, don't forget, subscribe to the Winning Cures Everything podcast on iTunes, and make sure you leave a review. For every 25 written five-star reviews we get on iTunes, we are donating to St. Jude's Children's Hospital and LeBonner's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. So subscribe and review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all your favorite podcast apps. Remember, the Winning Cures Everything podcast.